Herdadores. A dedicated dad and long-distance parent, I'm raising two boys in two countries, and in each episode, I invite another dad to join me in a podcast adventure to talk about our journey as parents. We will discuss the messiness of modern dadding and the challenges of long-distance parenting. At the end of each episode, I will be checking in with psychologist and fellow dad Todd Kettner as he shares his insights into parenthood. My name is Blue, and I am a Dad Without Borders. So before I introduce today's guest, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you again to all the listeners. And if you're enjoying the show, a reminder, please go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave a rating and a review, because ultimately this is what's going to help promote the podcast and keep it going strong. And if there are any dads out there, or if you know any dads that would be interesting, interested in being a guest on the show um, and have a story to share, then I would love to hear from you. And you can contact me via email, dadwithoutborders at gmail.com. And now to my guest this week. I invite you to listen to this fun and, for me, inspirational conversation with Pablo. Pablo is originally from Spain. He's a husband and father of three now living in the UK. We talk about many things, including traveling and homeschooling with three kids, dealing with cultural differences as a parent overseas. We talk about controlled crying and working together as a team with the other parent, finding adventure in the day-to-day, and, breaking news, crying is sexy. Pablo's wife makes a cameo appearance, and as ever, we have a QA and a with a professional psychologist, Todd Kettner. It's fun times, Please enjoy. Brother Sanchez, thank you so much for joining me on Dad Without Borders today. I'm really really excited to see you. Uh, I haven't seen you for way too long. So this is a great excuse to, way way too long. I forget the last time, but it's been a couple of years at least. Uh, So this is a great excuse to reconnect, which is the point of this podcast too. It's to reconnect with, you know, friends and other dads um, and and just share. So maybe we can just start by, you are from Spain. I'm not going to say it correctly, but Sevilla, Seville? Sevilla, Sevilla, Sevilla yeah, south. Close. And you're living now in the Cotswolds, a beautiful part of the UK. So where are you living? What's your situation right now? Who are the family? <laughs> right. Um, I met you about uh, 20... 20 years ago in Bristol, maybe 25 years ago in Bristol. It was, it was I yeah. Ha- I have just come from South Spain, Sevilla, hottest place in Europe, with my darling wife, Rebecca, now. It wasn't the wife then. So I met this English Rosie in South Spain. She talked me through, come on, Lizette, I, came, I came here, Bristol, working with amazing people like you, but from a big city in Seville, in South Spain to a, a fun, exciting city like Bristol. I ended marrying, having three children, and now I live in, in the Cotswolds, which is in a wonderful, quiet village countryside of the southwest of England. Okay? And just to, just to set that up, so you, we met at a climbing center and you were a climbing instructor at that point, right? So you'd been yes, yes. living the outdoor lifestyle 
I remember kiteboarding. Maybe you were in. Kite- well, I came. I came from um, uh, rock climbing instructor. Uh, before that, I was a sailing instructor in Spain. Kite surfing, kayaking instructor, sailing dinghy, and then ski snowboard. Then I did a bit of adventure all round in South Spain. When I came to Bristol, I walk into the climbing center and I could not believe that people will do this. I came from a Catholic country and suddenly I walk into a church in England and people are listening to techno trance music while climbing semi-naked, men and women sweating, beautiful bodies, everyone kind of doing, <laughs> doing these amazing moves inside of a church. That was an absolute revolution from my head. Oh, wow. So I, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So I, I asked for a job and they say, what can you do? And I say, well, I can cook. So I started in the kitchen. Right. Uh, soon I became uh, trained as instructor and then I became more better. Eventually I became the, the manager of the place and we co-shared being a manager of the center for a few years as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it was it was a, a fantastic um, landing in Bristol to me was great. Yeah. And now, so fast forward now, three yeah. kids who, so remind me the ages. So three kids, uh, uh, Ella turns tomorrow, on Tuesday, Ella will be 10. Otto will be, is 12 and Lola will be 14 wow. in a month time. So 10, 12, 14. Um, and you are now situated in the Cotswolds, like we said, but now you're running an arborist company. So you've taken this climbing into setting up this whole new lifestyle, it seems. Yeah. So, so, so what, 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 what happened is I am working on, as a climbing instructor in, in England and uh, two different people, my father-in-law from England and one of my best friends from university in Seville, who I did study agriculture signs of trees and and all the other plants they both say have you tried with tree climbing um what now is called arboriculture before was tree surgery type of that kind of area of, of tree and i said no i've never never tried uh, but i know i feel comfortable climbing so um, so i find one guy one local guy um and i say look will you take me up a tree with you i'll, I'll give you a hand a day and and i went up on day one and I never looked back. I mean, it was an instant love affair. I can do this. I like this. Yes, I don't know. I'm not very comfortable with chainsaws. So I got trained, fully trained on chainsaw. Then I got fully trained on, you, you start with it, rescuing from a rope, then climbing from a rope, blah, blah, blah. And it's, 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 England is very good. Uh, the way you can set up a ladder, you can see the progression in a career. In Spain, it's totally different, but here I could see, right, I can I can right. see the step one and the two and the three. So soon I started working as a climber for other companies, uh, like a sub, subby. And after a few years, uh, I yeah, I was kind of on top of the game in my my area. We went back to Spain for a few years, which kind of mixes with part of the story. I, I, was, I was starting to really miss... Um, Spain, I, I felt that I was kind of trapped here forever. And I, I, I Rebecca, Rebecca, my wife, saw that soon. And she kind of identified that won't be a, a good idea, probably would be a good idea to to go back for, for a bit. Yeah. 
Now, is so this that, this is before the first child, right? No, no. So we've oh, got okay. two. We got two children now. We are now moved from Bristol to the Cotswolds. I train in the Cotswolds because the, the, the different the thing about the Cotswolds is there's no sea and there's no mountains. There's actually pretty flattish. You go for walks, but you don't even climb. The, the closest crack is about an hour and a half from here. Um, so I fell a little bit trapped, and the tree climbing became a really good um, alternative plan, a really good, um, you know, release. Um, so we got pre we got married, we got pregnant number one, pregnant number two, and you know, suddenly the parenting pressure becomes the biggest reality in my life. This is wow. Um, this is taking all the, my. What's the pressure of that? Is it the pressure of providing for the family? Is it the sense of being trapped, not having the time to do the activities that you love to do? Like, no, where... in my case, um, in my case, very lucky. Um, um, Rebecca can provide uh, as much or more than me in that way. So we teaming up we, economically, we 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 doing okay. It was my personal. Uh, Pablo time, my dedication to me and my leisure, my fun and my adrenaline lifestyle that I have in my life, doing all these sports and having fun with lots of people. Now it's about changing nappies and 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 what I call nappy nappy planet. When once you once you're in, you're in for for, for a while. You're yeah. in for for years. Yeah, yeah. And and for and, life, really. Yeah, well, no, because dad, I, you know I, I, mean? I I yes, but I particularly named nappy planet because. Once you start changing nappies for three years, you no way you can have time off, if you know what I mean. Right, yeah, yeah. I've got now a teenager. Yeah. She's she's now listening to the same music I used to listen when I was a teenager. We, I, can, I can let her, she goes to the shop on her own. She goes and see friends on her own, you know. The, yeah, yeah. Different problems, different, definitely different right. problems. Before it was like a full absorbed to the problem of, dealing with this creature that needs you all the time yeah i think do you remember how you um, felt before the first one was born like do you know do you remember at a time where it suddenly felt very different because i feel like when i was waiting for seth who's now seven to be born it was, <clears throat> i was starting to feel that panic i was starting to feel the pressure <laughs> of I need to earn money. I've got this mum who needs me to provide. I got a house, and you saw the house. You came to visit us when we lived in that house. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It needed a lot. It was a beautiful place, but it needed a lot of work. And I remember that yeah. that sort of like that started to kick in for me then, before even there was the the nappies were being changed. Um, I think I had um quite quite good idea of how things were going to work in terms of accommodation and and the, the monthly payment of the rents and things like that 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 was kind of in place to me the the slightly panicky is well this is about to change and i have no idea which way um and i think i kind of embrace it I think in the right way, which is I wanted to cuddle my baby from day one. I really wanted to connect. I, I was a bit slightly jealous with Rebecca carrying, carrying this creature uh, from the very beginning. So she was definitely more connected than me. I could, I could tell. So I, I almost worry about the disconnection that I have to now gain and turn into connection. To me, that was the, 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 
the big challenge and the and what I really wanted to not miss. My team, my father um, was always busy working. It was never there. So I have lots of memories of him not being there. I wanted to be present. That was something that I really was very um, aware. Yeah, um, I think I, I, yeah, I totally feel the same. I think I was really involved in the nap times and the changing and probably probably almost to be honest to a fault whereas i remember i remember you being a good mum yeah <laughs> you, you 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 were a great mum i remember you was like right you're definitely doing this right and and, <laughs> and i suppose when you when you meet single parents suddenly you realize wow you really have to be both you're right you have really the, i have yeah. the, i have the privilege to be able to be just a, a, a good keen present dad but having the man there to back me up if I'm not there and I will do the same with her, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Did you, did you guys trip up over each other in terms of how to function? Like I'm thinking you must have, uh, I'll tell you why I think this in a minute, uh, but I would think coming from Spain, was there a different approach to hundred percent for day one, hundred percent oh, for day one. Right? So, so, so this is the biggest, the biggest reality check was that one. I, I, we had cultural differences before as a, as a couple, but you know, we love the idea of traveling both of us. So we like that differences when it came to raise a kid, it was like huge, huge differences. So what kind of so, things have come up? So the, the first one, the first one and probably the biggest, that one determined pretty much everything, is Rebecca told me about control crime. She said, right, we're going to try something. We're going to try, let our baby cry in a controlled way from day one or week one. Or I mean, it was pretty, so early. I will never believe that my, um, uh, my intuition will take me there. Not a chance. She told me into it. She said, look, let's try this. And, da, da, da. and, um, and I cannot believe that we will listen to our baby crying for more than 20 minutes. But we did it in a mathematical way. We, there was a plan behind this. Okay. Yeah. So the half an hour turned into 20 minutes and the 20 minutes turned into 15, 15 into 10, 10 into five. And suddenly within a month of three weeks or two weeks, I can't remember. It was, it was amazing. This baby, you put it to bed and it goes to sleep. Wow. I, I, it was so out of my intuition that that could actually work. At that point, I look at her and say, wow, you're, you, you, whatever literature you're using or whatever common sense you're using, it works. So wow, you, you definitely earn my respect. You know what you're doing. Every time we talk about parenting, I definitely have to listen to what you have to say because this is, I would have never come to this. Would, I mean, was still, that easy for you to give that up or did that take a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, 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 well, because uh, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to hear. It's the hard. Baby it's really hard. It's really hard. When, when your baby's crying, you want to punch anyone in the room that can become an obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I did, I never punch it. And, and, and I definitely yeah, just, never, let's just make that clear. You did make that Rebecca. clear. I never punch anyone. Uh, but you know, it's that gut feeling that you need to defend and protect that creature. And it did work. And, and I have to say that over wow. the whole, parenting i've learned a lot to how to parent in a different way than what comes from my intuition right and every now and then it comes bubbles of my mom and my dad educating me that i said no no i'm sure about this one we're gonna do it my way um but what most of the time 
Was it the same with each three kids, by the way? With the with no, that technique? The magic, the magic didn't happen with the three. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. So the magic actually did not work with the three of them. So which okay. was the beginning of unfolding the reality that same food, same parents, same environment, children yeah, yeah. are different. Each one is different than the other. So but we were very lucky that Lola was an amazing um baby from the very beginning. So she's the first it, one. The first one. Lola was the oldest. The, the, is yeah. the oldest and, and is it it was it made our parenting experience an absolute joy. We were dreaming, we were living the dream. We had an amazing honeymoon extended. It was just incredible. Oh wow. We give ourselves time to enjoy that chapter and and yeah, it, it did work. They the culture in the south of Spain is you don't hear children crying because there will be always someone looking after them, playing with them or playing, you know, you find that here too in a way that so children are more included in their life they don't go to bed too early they are they stay until very late in spain uh, we're talking in spain in south spain it's too hot to go to bed at seven you don't do that you just go out until 12 or one at night and wow. you carry your babies with you and you're drinking beer and you're eating in the streets because it's the only time you can go out in the streets because it's cool and yeah. if you've got babies, but you carry your babies with you and that's it. And everybody knows and then this. UCS siesta, I would imagine too. And that, is that a thing? Well, that, that, that is that that will be part of the the way you deal with the heat in holidays. When you're working, you don't do siestas, but when you are in the in the heat in summer, you do siestas like the babies do siestas. And when you are older and you wanna make noise, your parents say, No, 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 no. Silence now for an hour, two hours. We're doing siesta silence. So your children have to be, be, behave and be silenced. Right. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's a different model of lifestyle. And that reflects a lot in the, the way you raise babies. Yeah. I still got friends who I've told them, try with this crying system. Honestly, you won't believe that they will sleep. Um, nah. And they say, That's no, no, I'm going to have the babies in my bed until they are and they're still attached breastfeeding or attached to the booby for for a little bit of comfort age four five six i find that i find it that the natural way i love that at the beginning but now you give me the choice i, I know which one i go for wow interesting yeah we did yeah. we done a mix i find the people i know around here are it's really 50 50 yeah the, of course the people quiet want, out versus i yeah. mean everybody's got their own way and i think you yeah. have to you have to find what works for you too don't you and as a couple that is a couple as a couple exactly yeah yeah, yeah you got to be a team um, you got to be a team on that you got to be a team otherwise you 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 you're in a battle that you shouldn't be fighting and and it's not what your parents tell you to do it's what you feel is right totally um and so so you've you had this honeymoon phase lola's a great kid you cry this technique out you start to figure things out you're yeah. now an arborist developing yeah. in that world right and so at what point like, what was it, the, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of going back to Spain and thinking, okay, we got to try back over there. I'm thinking of you feeling like you're in a box and the walls are closing in and you just need to get out. Like this. I don't know. Right now, you know, Rebecca will be almost better to answer this question because she noticed before me. I think, wow. I th uh, yeah, I think I was getting, uh, I was some kind of um, 
maybe wanting to fit in a place that I didn't fit anymore or wanting to be, um, yeah, but I was probably losing a bit of my identity or my personality or being, I, maybe I, I was I was pushing to be the right dad and my dad probably never was. So I, I look, I'm going to make this work, whatever. So I didn't listen to my inner needs probably too much. She probably did, or I, I cannot remember, but the, the thing is um, we needed to um, give it a go. We needed to give it a go. And, and we went back uh, and luckily we did, went back, we tried and it, it was okay. We had a good time. The children became bilingual um, because they all went to school. Not, not the newborn because Ella, the, the youngest was born there. But so the other how, two went to school they, there. Sorry, how so old they are will they? So they will be two and four. Right. They will be two and four. We, we land in Spain and I decide to live in a place that I liked because I grew up around there, hoping that all my friends will be there with all having kids. And it didn't happen. It, that, that, that kind of welcoming, I was going to walk back and come in and having lots of friends with lots of children, it did not happen. Right. So it wasn't as easy as I thought. Um, so I got a job working as an arborist in South Spain. They don't do arboriculture. They just do butchering. Uh, they didn't do quality work. And I'm here. I'm, I'm so privileged that I do fine quality work. So in a way, for my professional career, that was not a good move. But it doesn't matter. I did it for my soul, for my, for my, for my personality, for reconnecting with friends and family. And, it, and unemployment is massive in South of Spain. So, so you cannot choose. You just get what you get and that's it. And yeah, Rebecca ran a nursery, a bit of an English gathering, children sing-along group. And we make friends and it was fine. It was fine. We have a lovely lifestyle when we were there because of the warmth and we have a lemon tree in, in the garden. And, you know, I, I reconnected, but soon... Uh, two years later, two, we didn't make it to three. We came back to England. Rebecca was probably set in the education that she expected to give the children was more looking like the English system than the Spanish. I wasn't too bothered about that because I, I went with the Spanish, but I didn't particularly think it was particularly good. So I just had what I had, which she was very keen to give them the best she could find. And then she was pushing it for England. Anyway, we came back and I landed on, on work instantly. The children went to school, friends. It was very easy to come back. I didn't feel defeated at all. I was ready. I, I, we give it a go. Spain, we did try it. And, you know, with, with an airport an hour and a half from here, go back and forth in Spain. I mean, except of COVID situation, but it yeah. is actually pretty easy for me to go and see my mum for a week. Right, right. So that that there's no ghost there yeah yeah um and we I came mean, back and yeah i was gonna say what what i'm wondering is if you felt that no matter where you were that whole lifestyle that you once had wasn't going to be the same again totally. now that you're a dad and you have to work and you have to be an arborist and that's just that that's now your path for the for the meantime like is that like well, that's what I that's what I'm hearing a little bit of maybe was 
no matter I never, what, I never, what location is going to be the same if you're having to work and the kids have to work. I never I never I never thought in a career because I always wanted to you know outdoor um doing everything outdoor in terms of you know sports and and I, well I have to, that's, that's a quick jump is before I did uh, the rock climbing in Bristol I was doing kite surfing instructor in England in from Bristol so I, I, that faded away, the fact that I could not take that time off to go and do trips with people to take them. So yes, I suddenly became a career man in the way that I was, I have to work, family, work, family. That became the lifestyle. When I went back to Seville, I couldn't see my friends all the time because I was work, family, work, family. So you only see friends when they can, when you can. I, the, I left Seville as a university, let's have as much fun of possible person to I came back father of two and I had a third child you know sadly responsibilities were building up um but it was fine I wasn't really in peace with all that it's just the feeling of oh am I here forever so it was good to go back to Spain it was actually great I feel much more in peace now being here I mean this has been the hardest year lockdown has been the hardest year since I've been in because I'm I'm very um, spoiled with going back to Spain about three times a year. I go back home, normally I, with the family, but even on my own, I go back. It's easy. From you know, we are, we yeah. had three hours to, uh, flight, um, but this year not being able to go there has just been pretty tough. Um, so in, that br- it, that brings me actually to another question I wanted to ask you because one of what. It's, it seems to me, knowing you for a long time, um, you've built up, which we haven't really said, but you've built up what I, what everything I know is a very strong business that's making you a really good living. And as well as that, you've, you're still finding time to go on big adventures with the kids. And we, so for anybody listening, um, you and your family, now you'll have to remind me when, it was a few years ago, maybe five years ago, but you decided to come over to North America, take the kids out of school, all jump yeah. in a bus, much like Captain Fantastic, if anybody's seen that movie. <laughs> uh, all, all of you guys in this, and just do the road trip through the Americas. And you popped up and you arrived. Uh, and it was so great to have you guys there. You arrived and parked up in the front yard for about a week. And um, you just kept rolling from one place to the next, the kids are having all these great experiences, no school for, I think a year, you then flew to Cuba. I mean, you were all over the place. Like has, like what was the inspiration for doing that trip? First off, like is that, as doing big, tr- going to Spain with the family, doing tr- is that how you kind of balance your mm. needs? Get away from the work and let's just have three months to chill. Like what's the inspiration there? Well, the, the, the going to Spain is, is just a, uh, keeping up with the, with with my family, my friends, keeping up with the culture, just kind of what I will imagine the standard holidays, you know, break. For Rebecca, it's not so much of a break because we always go back to the same friends and to the same places. So the, 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 the really interesting point here is when I met Rebecca, she was traveling. I was a traveler. We love traveling on our own. And in fact, I used to travel better on my own than with people. I used to hitchhike around Europe. I, and if I'm traveling with people, normally I'd find it, limitating and it was when I met Rebecca we were going back 20 plus years um before children 
we travel uh, um, in some places, in, in Central Africa and Southern Africa, and it was the most amazing time. We just had the best time. So before children, we promised ourselves to do it again. Um, and we decided that actually we're about to start having children. Let's, yeah, let's do the children thing, that's fine. But how about if in 10 years time, and this, I leave it here for those who are about to have children, not those who are deep in the shit with the children. I'm talking about those who really want to keep the adventure alive. You can actually make yourself a commitment in the future. And we agreed to do it in 10 years. 10 years sounds like a hell of a long time coming, but actually, you know what, over the times where we were in Nappy Planet on this tunnel of nonsense in terms of adventure, no, no, everything was like, boom, 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 like a grinder. We look at each other and say, we're doing this. We're doing this, yes? We're doing this in 10 years time, in eight years time, in six years time, in four years time. So the time came that we actually were three years to go. And we were planning to go and visit some friends, amazing friends with children, the same kind of family dynamic than us, people that were travelers. They were at that point living in Kenya. And our, our plan was to travel from England to Kenya on road. That was the plan, to go and see them. And, you know, travel a few, Europe and Africa. But at that time, that was the, the revolts in Egypt. There were problems in... Um, in uh, uh, Serbia, there were problems in in Egypt. Uh, there was the only problem with our problem was uh, to, to Sudan was not a good place to get. So pretty much everything was looking like not a good idea to go with newborn babies and toddlers, right? Because when you travel with toddlers, you want to be safe, yeah, not yeah. on the dodgy spot, you know. Um, and uh, we changed plans last minute. We had allowed, uh, we have done a assignment of one year where she and me will leave work and we will go. And so what we, um, what we did was change a plan. And the plan was to go start on Northwest uh, America and travel to Southwest America. So pretty much we started in British Columbia in your home um and we got a motorhome and we did four months in north america four months in central america and four months in south america wow that's kind of how it goes the plan i really like the 10-year plan build up we're we're actually having this very conversation well we've had it numerous times because sage a lot of traveling before having a kid i've transitioned i was a single parent as you know well co-parenting but you know on my own yeah, but yeah, half of the time. So I, I just sort of shut that down. And I'm like, I'm working, I'm being dad, love being a dad. I love the playfulness of it. I miss yeah. and I'm still going through the fact that I don't get enough time. And I talk about this a lot, but to go climbing to do all the you know, just that freedom that you have when you're a single freewheeling yeah. outdoor enthusiast. So I've kind yeah. of already transitioned and kind of given up the ghost of the ghost of traveling. But it, it's been coming up a bit. And I've been sort of resistant because Oops. I'm scared of losing the stability of work and all of the stuff that I've worked hard to get to as a dad. Yeah, yeah. But I think for us, yeah, I think it's sometimes we need to do that. And maybe that's the, that's the approach. I like the idea of the, 
And maybe that it's a five-year plan for us. I mean, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't you know whatever it was for you, but it did. It did absolutely work. And I've talked to lots of people about this. When people say inspiration, and, and I say, like, well, it didn't happen accidentally. I can tell you that we put a lot of effort and we planned. One of the best things we ever did was to get ourselves when we were about two years to go, is to get ourselves a world map and drink while the children are asleep drink wine, looking at the map, thinking the, the, the world is an oyster. What should we do? What can we do? I mean, we have done nothing. All we're doing is sitting with a glass of wine, looking at a map and talking about what we would like to do. What can we do? What should... But because we've already started that kind of uh, planning, we, you know, we got a good idea of what, what would be good for us. Um, and that, yeah, that was, that was great. And, Coming, coming to see you was one of the highlights because we were really wanting to travel and see friends, old friends. Yeah. And um, and to make it to make that happen was just brilliant. I like the idea of this because I think we could do with a plan like this. And I like the idea of I love drinking wine and looking at maps. <laughs> it could be beer. It could be cider. But I love the idea. Yeah, exactly. Of like going... It doesn't have to be exactly. The important thing is to dream. I'm, I'm actually following following um, a guy right now who is trying to bring adventure to every day. I'll pass you the link later. It's a really interesting guy. He's yeah. talking about micro adventuring, and he's not only for that, but it's pretty much the audience is is guys in the late 30s 40s or 50s who used to have a really intense life and they feel that the life is now shrinking into a watching netflix at the end of the day or the week and uh, and you know the reality is yeah we are going through that but we have our crave for adventure way ready way ready to go tomorrow if, if the opportunity raises and uh -huh. and i Go on, because I, I feel like you're someone that has, over the years, found, and maybe I'm wrong, but found a little adventure, a little fun in everyday scenarios. Where I find sometimes my, myself um, almost feeling slightly guilty that I'm, I'm, I didn't, I, I need that almost to say, Pablo, it's all right to not have a good day. And I'm like, no, every day has to be amazing. At work, I enjoy work. I, I, I'm with the guys and I, I make sure they enjoy themselves because I want to enjoy myself. And, and so when I come back home and it's sometimes, you know, the day-to-day -day running the, the family, and it's not like, it's not my domain. I share with, with my wife and sometimes things are not looking like so much fun. It's like, oh, we need to do this, we need to. It's like, oh, I wish we were somewhere else. But you know, that, that's kind of the ups and downs. And, um, yeah, but Rebecca has this magic potion that she gives me every now and then. And uh, for for we went trying five years ago, but you probably know that uh, since we came to see you, we had another little jump. We decided to take a term. The last chance we have to take the children off school, we decided to take a term off school, and we take the children out, and we went traveling to a wedding in Australia. And because we had a friend's wedding in Australia, we decided, how about we go there and we just carry on? So we decided to do that. We told the schools, look, I'm sorry, but we're going to miss a whole term. Are you okay with that? Is, is, uh, yeah. Well, 
and they kind of accepted they thought it was a good education opportunity and we said look we're not actually going to sit in the beach and drinking we are actually going to be on the move our plan is to learn is to learn about life and about what is and and we ended doing a similar trip but this time a bit less time in a different route so we went um to uh australia we spent a month traveling in australia they went to papua new guinea um we spent three weeks there borneo we spent a month and then we went to ladakh in the himalayas wow. which was slightly odd but it wasn't the way back so we did it again and it felt so right and so good to do it so hi um, you said so you did the one big trip for a year and then yeah uh, came there's, back there's, normal yeah. school back to life i i'm feeling slightly like monotony i it's my time for suffering monotony like everybody else and yeah. you know three three years within the line one of these nights rebecca me drinking and thinking not even drinking just being together dreaming she came with the idea well we got the invitation from a friend in australia and she had this brilliant idea said well, how about if we once we are there, it's so expensive to travel to Australia. It's so much time that to go there for two weeks, it's almost, you know, you're not going to enjoy much, really. And that was what our holidays will allow us, just to go there for two weeks. And we decided, how about if we put everything on hold? Well, I actually, I let, I, by that, this time I'm carrying my business and I just got two people in charge of running the business while I'm away. Um, and and it did work. It was, it was the best thing ever. We, we, so we, what we kind of... What's the so so let's go to the the first time you went away, yeah, with a big year trip. How was I'm interested because the kids are at school at this point, right? And the UK or in England, certainly, yeah, they take school pretty seriously the academics, yes, the so, grading, the catch keeping up. Like, how was the reaction from the school and even just the fam, your family, Rebecca's family, right? So from a school point of view, they say, look, you're in a very popular, very small, very popular school. If you go, you're out. As in, when you come back, you may, you may space may not be there. So it's a school with 100 kids or, or, or 80 kids. If three go, that's, that's, they, they, those, that is a big chunk of the money they get from the government to teachers. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they could not keep our spaces back so um we say yeah that's fine we 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 prepared to take that gamble in terms of the legal framework technically we are leaving our village we were leaving our house so you we are de-schooling our children to school them somewhere else where that somewhere else is well oh who okay. is who, who's you see i mean we're talking in primary yeah, yeah, yeah. Primary, yeah. Um, the family, both families knew both Rebecca and me before children. They knew where we're coming from. So traveling for us is is a fuel for the soul. Yeah. So yeah. they were they were keen. Yeah, they were. They thought that was a good idea. And and you know, education. I think schools. So maybe delete this later. But I think schools are slightly overrated. Is 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 a way to keep children entertain when we parents go and work yeah um, and they learn to how to do their chores right yeah exactly they slowly but they don't learn that much i've seen my children on on a on a intense learning curve like i was when i'm traveling 
we are learning so much every day. It's so intense experience. I just say, why school is not like this? But of course, it's not possible. Yeah. This so did is they, a, is this a, were you guys uh, actively, t- did you have some sort of a teaching routine or were you just yes, absorbing everything so, around you? No, so, so we, <laughs> that's, that's the, that would be my approach. And that was a good <laughs> that's idea. I'm thinking, yeah. But, but Rebecca is also a, a, was a primary teacher. She and she takes education much more serious than I do, formal education. Yeah. And she decided to have the very, very basics with us. So we have a whole suitcase. I'm talking about the suitcase you have to pay in an airplane. Not the one that comes up in the in the airplane with you. No, the one that goes down, one of the fat ones, <laughs> yeah. full of work. Um, you know, everything to do with the syllabus, with art, with everything, you know, a lot of material. And we ended having quite a few battles. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we are in a, there was, there was a, a point quite, quite funny, revealing of the whole thing of trying to make too much sometimes is, is pointless. We were in an RV, it's raining, it's horrible up there. We are in Cape the furthest northwest point of USA is uh, Washington State. Yeah, there is a, a national park called um, the Olympia. The Olympia. Thank you very much. Olympic. The Olympic National That's Park. It. That's so it. we're in the Cape of the furthest mo- and we're trying to tell the children to do the revision, and then we will go out but they need to do the homework and of course these kids are jumping they're like monkeys they they're now they've been on traveling for two months and they don't want to do the the grammar yeah right <laughs> so there's a point where we're telling Otto to do something like learning about wildlife or geography i don't know what it is so it's uh, anyway rebecca stays back with with one of the girls and i with the two girls and i go with with Otto with the boy to for a walk said right you need you, let's get out of here let's go for a walk we come out and we go to the very end of the point and we saw this amazing um spectacle with a uh, an otter was swimming playing in the water and a whale came from underneath the otter and the otter disappeared i recorded all this on video and just when everything has happened and we are shouting in buzzing with excitement, we've seen otters and whales, it's amazing. There's no otters or whales in England, right? So, so this is like incredible. The other two come all grumpy for, for, from, from the van, it's unsuccessful. But it put in perspective, is, and they, of course, they came and they didn't see the otters or the whales. And it was very upsetting for them who stayed behind trying to do the homework and very, um, uh, very, I don't know, rewarding for us who went and, 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 and braved the weather and went out. What I was trying to say with all these is after carrying all these material, we used 10, 20% of it. It was a big drag. It was a massive drag of trying to tell the children to keep up, keep up, keep up. Yeah. And they were learning so much about how the Shuar tribes in in um, in Ecuador live and raise the animals and how do they hunt. They will learn every single word they can tell you back because they were passionate. They were listening at that moment how to learn that. 
if you ask them what they learn about the, you know, the, the homeschooling maths and they, you know, it's like back to school. They can't remember. Yeah. 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 So, so the richness of life experience over schooling. So how, how did they, how was it for them going back to school after that? Was uh, that a hard transition? They, no, no, no. They loved it. They loved it. This is probably the, 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 the one of the sex, many successes of our trip was that it wasn't too long. It right. was one school year. One school year made them loved it and yet missed the friends and school. So uh, they three of them, Otto a bit less. Otto was a bit in, in Ecuador with the Shuars in the tribes and the snakes and, and surfing in Costa Rica. He actually, he's like me, he, he got a bit more stuck in, in the wilderness and wanted to stay there for, for the rest yeah. of his life. I can relate to girls, that. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's it's like once you once you taste that, it's you like why would you go off. back? Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, the girls were so happy to go back to the friends, and they've been really, really. Um, they the, the, the interesting fact is within three months of being back to school, most of the teachers told us about every single one of the children. It's like yeah, they catch up. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they're there. Yeah. So three so, months and they're back to the uh, don't don't quote me on that, but yes. Something <laughs> something like that. I mean we'll, we'll keep because that yeah, but I, I think it's not very, very um uh very wrong to say that three months of ego children to 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 get back. They were keen to go back to school only yeah. that yeah, it makes the first week worth it isn't it it's, yeah yeah absolutely anyway, so, yeah. you know because something i appreciate about you actually and i always have and i think that's why i've always felt a strong connection to you is that sense of adventure and also looking for the adventure every day and just the joy you you have a very curious mind i was thinking this yesterday i was thinking i remember we ended up kind of accidentally but at the same party on a farm in Radford Mill, if you remember that. And there yeah. was a circus party. It was an amazing party. I forget why the party was on. I forget <laughs> who I was there with and how I got there. But the next morning, me, you and Rebecca, your lovely wife, were going yeah. for a walk. And yeah, and she, we were chit-chatting away. I love a chit-chat. And we're, we're talking about whatever we're talking about. You're very about. good at that as well. And we're in the conversation very deeply. And you are almost like with a magnifying glass looking for every insect, every leaf. And you're just like, just the enthusiasm you have for everything around you and your curiosity and your, the fun that you bring with that, I think is such a gift. And I think it's really, and I love how you've taken, you continue to share that with your kids. And I think it's so inspirational, the idea. And I know you planned for 10 years. So maybe Thank you. To you, it doesn't feel like inspiration, but to other people looking at you doing that travel, it's um, something I really want to do. And I've got to, even right now, I can feel I'm excited to talk to Sage after this conversation. Yeah, because you had shared with me, I did know the 10-year plan. I forgot that that was why that came about. On the other hand, the, the one with the term, the one that we went to Australia, that was actually the opposite. That was a really last minute, but because we have worked out that we rent the house, that we live in, we can do it quickly. So if we want to rent, we just have to pack, bam, 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 leave everything kind of ready. And if yeah. someone gives you some money for your house, that is traveling money. Yeah. And then it's once once we're traveling, the one thing we set up early days, Rebecca, me is 
we don't need much when we're traveling. We are happy extending a backpackers, you know, that if you need to Simple raise very easy to go to a luxury spa, but it's, it's a bit harder to be, but if, if you're happy to be rough for a few days, that's okay. You know? Yeah. Do you think it brought you together as a family better? Uh, hold on. Hi. Hello. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> really good. How are you? Sorry, I'm stealing him for an hour or so. I'm good. I'm really good. Do you guys well, think you'll do that again? Like, is that on the cards, do you think? Do you have another? Well, you had we were a talking about it the other day. Oh, really? We were talking about it the other day of going and, um, like, why, why don't we, you know, right now in COVID, when you can't, you know, we're doing so much homeschooling the whole time, why don't we just go and do it somewhere else? But it's, yeah, you, you sort of suddenly dream about it and then realize, actually, where, where can we go? <laughs> I mean, it's, we don't yeah. even think we can go to Spain and, you know, and, um, oh, at I the think, end yeah. of March, Yeah, you're right. Which, it's all locked down. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'd, I think after, th I think this next summer term would have been our kind of last chance because Lola then goes into GCSE years, oh, and then you know, right. then it gets a bit too serious to take her out for a right. A, That's a true. Term. That um, is the but yes, yeah, so you guys did it at the right time, really. So I think we did do it at the right time. Really, you know, really. when your yeah. when your eldest is anything younger than kind of fourteen. That's tricky, so, isn't it? I was just about to ask Pablo, but do you guys? Do you guys think as a family, you kind of bonded even tighter after that year trip? Or did it make a huge, yeah? I don't know. Beyond just sleeping in the same bed. Although Lola, right at, the, uh, right at the end, just when we were coming back, also said, now, mommy, now that we've spent 365 <laughs> days together, can I now do 365 sleepovers back to back? <laughs> That's adorable. Hence now she's boarding and she's really loving it. Yes, that's why she's loving boarding, exactly. <laughs> um, that's funny. But yeah, I do think, I, 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 think, we de I think it definitely um, made us closer. Yeah? Definitely. But just what about so many memories, so many stored memories. Yeah, I bet. Do you remember that you asked me a question before and I said she would probably... I did. That, oh, I think I just asked it. I think it was the idea of, did you guys... Well, as a family, I just wonder as a partner, as mum and dad, whether going through that experience, trying to homeschool them and it wasn't always working and, but just whether you guys as a team, whether you were kind of put through the rigors of traveling, trying to balance family life, whether it helped you guys. As a, as a couple, uh, as, as a, a couple. Yeah, like, yeah, like is when things come up with the kids and you just have to figure uh, out how to do, like, did it help? Because you, has, you must have done so much problem solving. And so much thinking outside the box when you're traveling with a family. Like, I would wonder if that would really test you and push you in a way that you would come through it, being able to communicate so much better. So, so the one thing, sorry, I, I, may, I may answer this one, is I felt so connected to Rebecca and the children when we were traveling because we not only ate every meal together and we had every emotional experience together, we were together all the, all day long. So, so if I go to work, when I come back, I don't know what Rebecca has been up to all day in her head. I don't know if she's happy, she's emotional. So when we're trying to sort out problems, we, need, we have to first find each other yeah, and then sort out the problem. When we were together, we were all the time seeing it coming. Every problem, we'll see it coming. We were so very in tune. We were in tune 100%. Mm. 
But could you, and is there a way that you can continue that in your everyday life now? A way that you manage to get to a deeper level with each other. Do you know what I mean? I, th I think one, I think probably the most way that it has helped us now is the fact that you've got this huge memory base with each other. And so you've, there's just so many fun things that you've done together. Um, and so many different experiences that you've had together. And I think that your, your the sort of, depth and richness of the history that you have together really helps you to snap out of the the thing of um when you come across a silly situation at home that uh, that yeah. you might argue about and that but very quickly you can snap out and think come on you know we know each other we've been it's not, worth it. It's not worth it worth it you kind of get a, you can a, let the little a, things go easier you let the little things go more i think Oh, that's yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it must be sometimes different with different parenting philosophies a little bit. You know, one thing I remember with because you have the loveliest kids. I'm sure they're still lovely. It's been I haven't seen them for a while, <laughs> but I remember going into the cabin and I think it was the first day you guys turned up, and all three of them were pretty much sitting on me, looking. We were looking at pictures, I think, of your trip, and they were just so open and so warm and lovely. But the other thing is too is their manners, and my kids are the same, are impeccable. And I remember Pablo, you were, you were saying, that's Rebecca. <laughs> that's Rebecca. That's Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca. But such yeah. a simple thing, but it just kind of speaks to how different you guys are in some ways. And it is nice. Of... I think it, it is nice, isn't it? Hearing that. Yeah, you don't know it, who right? you're talking to. So manners yeah. kind of. And it makes such a difference for, for grown-ups. You know, I don't think the children, I don't think children mind, but I think. Yeah. That it it makes other grown-ups smile and actually then it makes your life your children's lives easier if they yeah everybody loves the kids that say please and thank you for sure yeah, exactly. That's so true. yeah. well hey look i'll let you go because i don't know i should let pablo go soon too i, I thought i thought you wouldn't mind having a little interruption oh, that's so I fun i love that that's so great yeah yeah either with the kids or without like how, how do you find me time and what um, activity have you found a different activity? Like I found it's, skateboarding, it's, which is kind it's, of fun. It's, it's, it's a great question because I keep telling myself I got the best job when it comes to do something physical. I'm climbing and I'm getting paid to climb. But it doesn't work because it's work. I'm on good mode. I'm talking to the client and I ha I'm on a schedule, right? So I'm doing it and I'm enjoying myself, but I, I'm on a schedule. And sometimes it's a shit and I still have to do it. So, so I'm still coming back home and I need to do these things. So I'm channelizing this energy in different directions. One is creativity. I found a, a few years ago, a, a, a wood lathe came into my hands. So I've been learning about turning some pieces of the trees that I cut. And I am making some things with these pieces of wood. And sometimes I'm going back to the owner of the tree and say, do you remember that tree that you were so fond and so sad I went or da da this is a bowl for you that comes from that tree. And getting that a kind of slightly high of them being happy for something I've done, it's a, it's a different type of high. It's not necessarily of climbing a mountain. It's more like achieving something with people, connecting with people. So one, one, one you're going to find really funny is uh, a friend started two or three. I, I was one day walking in the park and I saw some guys with a bicycle and with a mallet hitting a ball. 
And I went and talked to them and said, well, what are you doing? Instantly, I was like, uh, as you say, I was with my, my, my lens looking at everything that happened around me. And I saw these guys riding a bike and said, what are you doing? And they say, hi, we're playing bicycle polo. You're joking. And, and they say, yeah, it's, it's okay. And I, I saw grass. So if it's grass, it cannot hurt. Yeah. Uh, the thing with bicycle polo, if they play with a, if they play with a hard ball, that really hurts. So I say, I'm coming, but I'm coming with my head, my chins, and my elbows protected. And, and it was the best decision ever. We had, it's only, we can only play in, in the summertime. So we play about five months a year, you know, yeah. when it's kind of daylight. But it's just great hang out with mates, blokes, same, always chilling, always work, all busy, 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 busy. And we come and for two hours, three hours, we're running like mental behind a little ball with we, we, we think that we're going super fast. We're only going with a very small um, um so with a front plate, it's tiny. It's like almost like you're going uphill. Right. Uh, but the idea is you have lots of a sprinting power because you're sprinting to get the ball. So it's a great fun. And then we go to the pub. And we right. drink and together and we just have banter. So yeah, yeah. It turns it turns out to has given me a really, really um exciting part of the week outside my work and my family and all that. Right. Um but you also ask about my um how 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 are the Pablo time because I'm finding that um I I, I crave for adventure. I crave for that's excitement. when you're talking about the bike polo sounds great, but that's what I'm wondering straight away is like, but where's the adventure? That's tennis. That's tennis. That's kind of like, it's a sport, right? And it's fun yeah. because you're hanging out with mates. It's like playing football pretty much. Yeah. Um, but what I'm craving is the adventure. So I, yesterday, yesterday, yesterday morning, I saw the sunrise on a paddle board with three blokes in, in the highest point of the river Thames. We paddle two hours into Lechlade, which is the first town of the River Thames. Um, I'm always on. If anyone offers me any option of doing something like that, I'm on. Right. I got another friend that we got surfing once a month, either to the sea or to a fake wave that they created near here. We yeah. got surfing. We made it. We made a point. We have to go. Um, I, I got Otto Goff, so the boy got for his birthday a mountain bike, and I went with him. And I rented a good bike. Um, so I went with him before he had his bike. We tried what is downhill mountain biking with good bikes. And man, I fell in love. I was like the closest I've done to skiing. It, it was not quite a skiing, but it was very close. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. I loved it. I loved it so much. So that he, for his birthday, he got a bike. And I'm thinking now for my birthday, I may get a bike. <laughs> Yeah, Seth. Seth is uh, really into the scootering, skateboarding, but biking's yep. the other thing that he really loves outside of skiing, which he can't do unless he's here. But Sage, for about six years, that was her sport: downhill mountain biking. No way! Awesome. And so, and we have good. This is I don't. We maybe didn't explore that when you were here, but this is a mecca for downhill mountain biking. And so we have a lot of trails that come into town here, uh, and a lot of options. You know, within like a a 45 minute drive so that's you, maybe what we're going to do this year is uh get both get bikes i'm going to be terrible at it because 
you know. Uh, but, but you know, terrible is because you're comparing. But the the fun yeah. you're gonna have, the fun you're gonna have, that is better than the winners, isn't it? And you know what? It's gonna be really fun to be like outsmarted by you know the wife. Exactly. It'll be great. Exactly. It will be, be good for you. It'll be good totally. for you. For, <laughs> for yeah. once, you will be uh, because you're very good at the sports when you do them. I remember you being a very good climber and a very good skier and and Thanks, and, buddy. and I'm. No, no, no. I do, I do, I do. I, I do remember you being very skilled. So I'm sure you will, you will, you will get and it quickly. It's and I, I think you're right though. I think what I enjoy about say something like skateboarding or taking up things that are really new, I love not worrying about the performance. It's just like you know what, just have yeah. fun, just learn. And just by the way, on that line, I did took Otto for a few years to the local skate park, and I did join him with a scooter, and. Only one other dad once uh, <laughs> came with me because he was all kids in the, in the eight time. I mean, proper, proper young kids, not even teenagers. Yeah. And I was the only dad in the middle, like trying to, yeah. But it really, man, that hurts. It really hurts. You know yeah, exactly where down. It. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Yeah. And then you see a few of the dads doing some good tricks on MBX. And then you say, maybe I need to go that way. Well, you can, no, wear, I think, you can wear pads. You can wear pads. Yeah, yeah. But I know you... No, mean. no, no. I, I, I give it a go for a while, but I do, I do realize I was a bit late. I, I've done most of those sports, but skating, I never took it early yeah. enough right. to learn how to fall, really. Right. And, you, and it hurts. It does hurt. Yeah, it's true. Yes. Um, what kind of... So if somebody was going into... Um, like, if you're looking back, like, what have you learned about being a dad? That if you could go back and give yourself a piece of advice, I I will start with um, my one of my earliest memories of embracing parenting is as I walk into the hospital. Um, Rebecca had um, uh, emergency cesarean. This is with Lola, first baby. First baby, yeah. So the pressure, everything is like, ah, you don't know what's happening. And I walk in and Rebecca is asleep and the baby's asleep. In, they are separated from each other. They're not together. This is the worst thing I could even imagine. And the first idea, Rebecca top tipped me before, if you can do this. And I opened my shirt, I, I took my T-shirt off and I put my baby right on my chest. She's been born a couple of hours ago. And the first thing I want to do is to connect with this creature. I'm still dealing with now today with a 14 year old. I'm connecting. She's listening to you two um, with or without you. And I used to love that tune when I was 14. And I've cried today thinking, fucking hell, I'm connecting with this creature. I'm still connecting. So to me, it will be. If you everything you do is in search of that connection, you're probably on the on the on the right path. Yeah. Um, because there's two there's two main subjects here. One is the partner, the person you're probably going to spend the rest of your life. That is one subject altogether. <laughs> and the other <laughs> yeah. one is parenting as how to deal with your individual. Because it's, it's some, I see it all the time. So many parents, they just, dads especially, they just go to work and they see the children only for a good Sunday lunch and that's it. 
because yeah. they have to go and play golf on Saturday and they have to, you know, they're busy. Wash the car and cut the lawn and all that kind of stuff. It's sucking all that kind of stuff. And it's so easy to disconnect because someone else is going to be yeah. doing for you. Yeah. But I decided I don't want to be that dad. I want to be connected. Yeah. For some so, terrible reason, Rebecca cannot be there. I will be there from day one and I will know how to deal with it. I'm not going to suddenly, yeah. oh, I didn't know that this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. It's that attachment. You're right. Connection. Yeah. 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 Connection. I think it's the same. I think what you mentioned. Have you, you got that. Yeah. Because your dad was busy working. My dad was busy working. And, and they, were, fun. they were around. And having fun. They were, they were, they, they, I've learned lots from my dad and I became in peace with his decisions when, in my early 30s. I don't know if you found these, but some men uh, have a major conflict with their dad's at age 20 or 30 or 40. I had it in my 30s. It's like when I stopped hating him and decided, actually, I'm going to love you from now on because whatever you did is what you did and you are who you are. And that's. And he was very present with whoever he was. I, he was a very personal a, a person with their friends. And when I talked to the friends, everybody's saying my dad was the best, the best guy to be around because it was great fun. And I want to be that person too. I want to be great fun to whoever is with me. But that includes my children. Right. It's not only going to be with adults. It's yeah. only I want my children to to remember that they had fun with me rather than being the figure that brings money or or tells them how to dress in the morning or how to shave. Yeah. Well, I think mm. you're being you're you're doing a good job of it. I think I think there's no. Thank doubt. you. I, I like I like to think there's, there's a lot of work going on, a work in progress here. Yeah, and I, I mean, keep having never this slightly never ends, and I still have this sometimes whiffs of a sense of imposter, like oh shit, I'm not I'm not doing this, I'm not really doing it right, you know, because I'm really trying to do it my way. I'm not trying to follow anyone's steps. I got references. And yeah. we keep on getting inspired by people we met uh, in the way. But um, it's, uh, it's definitely not over. <laughs> it's not yeah. finished and it's not perfect. Anyway, you know, parenting yeah. is, doesn't matter how many you try, you're going to get it wrong pretty much most of the time. Totally. I feel like there's a lot of learning about yourself. You know, a lot of yeah. self-reflection yeah. is what I found. Yeah, yeah. Which is never and a bad I, thing. Uh, uh, a wonderful um, subject. Because we've all gone through this and now we've got an opportunity to to put it into practice. Totally. And to share yeah. and to help. Yeah. And I'm really conscious of that now to support other dads that are around that are coming into it. And it's all a new experience because I think, and that's partly why I want to do the podcast too, is because I think, and rightly so, there's a lot of focus on the mums and not to take anything away from the mums, but sometimes I think it's easy to forget the dad on the sideline that is actually going through an enormous amount of emotions um, and stress as well, trying to be the supportive partner. And, and in some ways, I, I remember actually when, uh, I don't know if I shared with this with you before, but when Seth was born, we got home and we were a couple of nights in the hospital and then we drove back to the cabin in, in Weimar where, where you visited. And mm. three times within a 24-hour period, completely uncontrollably, I fell, fell apart. I just wept. I couldn't control it. It just happened. I just broke full breakdown. And twice I did it on my own, kind of hidden away. And the third time something happened, I couldn't, I couldn't hide it. And I did it openly in front of um, 
my boy's mum. And she sort of just like, you know, held me in her arms and just, you know, told me it's going to be okay. But I don't know why that happened. It, it never happened again. And I don't know if, if it was just going through the birthing experience or just I was realizing that my life would never be the same again. <laughs> <laughs> it could just be that. Uh, I'm not gonna, I can't go climbing and live in the back of a van anymore. Um, I'm not sure what it was, but I just, yeah. And I, but I didn't know who to talk to about it. I didn't talk to anyone about it. I, no one was there reaching out to me and checking in as a new dad. Like, how you doing? Like it was, you know, the focus a lot of the time is on the mom because physically they're going yeah. through so much and hormones, you know, and rightly so, like I say, but, but yeah, I'm hoping that by sharing stories and dads realize it's okay to talk about this stuff. It's okay to, kind it's, of- it's, it's, it's a great idea. Blue. I think, I think it's a great idea how you, how you playing it because you're making it easy and you're making it real. The fact that, we also have a little emotional heart here and we want to talk about it, but we don't find it very easy and natural. Maybe the oh. girls find it slightly more easy and more natural and we, we, we tend to go and sharpen the axe because we need to split the logs and, and that is a job that we are meant to do, blah, blah, blah. And, and yeah. by the end of the day, the end of the week and the end of the month, we are on our own. And that's, that's not true. Yeah, it's um, not true. And like you say, like you go for the... They, uh, you go for the bike polo and you go down the pub, and but then it's banter. Banter. You know, we tend to banter because it's it's safer to banter and tease each other and joke than it is to say like, oh, you know, I really need help right now, or like I'm really feeling these feels, and then find someone else that will say, you know what, well, I feel like that too. You've you've lived in England for a few years. You know how the British men are pretty constrained in their emotional um, communication. I, because maybe because I'm a Southern Spaniard, maybe because they find me a bit different, I'm finding that some people are actually opening up a bit to me and I treat them totally naturally and I, I, go, I go see through instantly. I tell them all my, my shit, yeah. my crap, what's going on, what I'm worried about, and they go back. And I'm finding that by being very open myself, if anyone opens up near me, I'm there. And I, I find it so rewarding because I need it too. And they need it. And suddenly we're connecting instantly. And yeah, I relate and, to that. Yeah. And yeah. back to the crying. I recently, I don't know when happened, but I recently um, started, st started not hiding when I was crying in front of Rebecca with emotions, you know, even if it's happy emotions and holding the, the tears. And I just did it purposely because once she told me a long time ago that she, rather than finding weak and gay, she find it quite attractive that a man can cry. Yeah. So she kind of she kind of got the ghost away from me, like, oh no, man, don't cry, blah, blah, blah. I thought, actually, why should I hide this? It's just a beautiful emotion. So let's let's do it. So I've been recently more aware when I have this overwhelming feeling of either happiness or sadness or, 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 or fear, whatever it is, to let it go in front of my partner uh, or, or my children because I no longer want to hide it. Um, and I, it's, been, it's been healing altogether for me to wow. be able to do that. That's Yeah, I, I actually had that the other day. I was expressing something to Sage and 
I was, yeah, I often try and like hold it in. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big crier, but I'm, I'm definitely someone who I kind of well up when the sad movie happens. I'm one of those, or I, you know, I'm, I'm really easily kind of, my emotions can be yeah, tweaked. Yeah, yeah. But I was, I was actually sharing with her a story just to do with the boys, actually. Um, Indy FaceTiming with, you know, his big brother in the UK and he was sort of missing him. And it was just this communica- beautiful communication they have between each other. And I was trying oh. to trying to share with her like what I'd seen and because they're my boys and they're, they're having this connection. And I was trying to share that. Yeah, I just, I, I, I wasn't blubbing, but I just start to kind of like, you know, yeah. the, t- the tears are coming. And for the first time, I actually felt quite comfortable. Like expressing that, and, and that's exactly what I'm saying. You start feeling a bit comfortable and suddenly the second is like, you know what? I'm actually going to try to enjoy this because surely it can be enjoyable because it's not necessarily pain, full tears. It's yeah, you know, tears yeah, of exactly. joy or tears yeah, yeah. of... Um, that's good. I like, the, I like that. The Yeah, embrace it and enjoy it. Hey, listen, it's been really nice chatting. I really appreciate us having this time. Oh, lovely. Lovely to see you. Lovely to hear your voice and... And and actually, I I wish more people asked me about these exactly things you've asked me because I'm very proud of how looking back, I'm 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 like awesome. What a ride! We just had a hell of a, and we seems to ignore what we've gone through, you know, uh, so often. So I am actually delighted that you're asking me how I'm feeling and how did I got here and how did it happen. Yeah, um, man. So I, thank you. Okay, buddy. Big, hug, big hugs. Big hug, my friend. Yeah, man. Bye nice bye. to see the family too. I see you. Yeah. Cool. Right. I'll let nice you go. Good to see you. Okay, bye. buddy. And now for a check in with my favorite psychologist and fellow dad, Todd Kettner. So, having a really fun, lively conversation with my dear friend, Pablo. Um, he was talking about, and I do relate to this certainly more recently as well, that when the baby comes into the world and you've got this little little being, all they want is mum. And he talked about the fact that he felt the disconnect and he was actually concerned about it. He was concerned about this dis- disconnect that he was feeling with the baby um, and concerned like, how am I going to connect? You know, here I am as a dad, I'm losing my time, uh, my me time, my Pablo time, which I think, we can all mums and dads can relate to um, our kind of world is turned upside down. And now he's in nappy planet, as he called it, or we would say diaper planet here in North America. Um, and so I wonder, like, are, are there any, is there any advice or any things you could think of um, that would help a father who is now standing in the sidelines, uh, cooking the meals, maybe, you know, doing the housework and the chore, you know, doing all of the other stuff. How can they make, maintain and build that connection with the baby that really just wants the mum at that point? Yeah, I'm thinking back to, I think it was our first conversation in the intro podcast uh, um, or sometime early on, Blue, where we talked about uh, male dad vulnerability, right? And that it's not always easy to talk to our mates about how things are going and that kind of thing. Sometimes it's not easy to um, recognize in ourselves and then talk to our partners about how things are going. So one thing that jumps to mind for me is the communication here, that that expression um, um, to the partner that, hey, I'm, I'm, 
uncertain my role here. I'm, I'm feeling these things and uh, Pablo's partner will probably point out the connections that he's that she's uh, seeing that he's not aware of. So that will be helpful. Yeah. And then we'll have a sensitivity to, oh yeah, I never thought about that, right? I'm just trying to get through the day as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And I didn't notice that there were opportunities to uh, have this part of the parenting a little more balanced. And now that I think about it, that would be nice because sometimes I want a break to do some of the other stuff that's that's not hands-on with with our child, right? So I think communication is, is, is a real key here. And then looking for, secondly, looking for opportunities to jump in in a more hands-on way. Um, yeah. Ha, ha, have, depending on the age of the kid, right? Having them uh, pretend to help fold the socks. Yeah, yeah. Have them uh, um, help help uh, fix the car or sweep the steps, even if it takes you twice as long because they're getting in the way, right? And recognizing that that's together time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm speaking to friends of mine as well that are mums. I know sometimes... Yeah, I think it, I think I would agree with the communication being so important because some mums I feel they probably just feel that extra attachment to the baby and they kind of they they have that protection mode where they don't want to maybe give up too much time with the baby because they feel that overwhelming sense of responsibility as at that point the main carer being the person that's feeding them provided everything's working well with the flow of the milk and everything as well because there's those concerns that you know things don't always work out the way that you might want to so I think the communication is so important and actually it brings me a question to me. Sorry. It brings, brings me to another question. Um, I don't know if you've got any input about this, but is there a key time at a young, at a child's life where attachment like zero to five, I feel like I've heard that is a very important time in a child's life to build the attachment and that bond. So if you are having to step back for the first year or two, when the mum's the main carer doing the breastfeeding, and maybe you are in the background because you're working and doing some of the other chores that need to be done. Um, is there a time where you, it would be healthy for a dad to be stepping in to start building that attachment if they can't do it, you know, in those early, very early years? Yeah, absolutely. And until uh, we get to sort of preteen years when, when kids typically want less of both of their parents, and they want more of their friends <laughs> and that's natural. Yeah look for opportunities. I, I go back to not just year one, but day one, right? Yeah, we're not, uh, um, we're, we're not nursing our kids, but there's never too much physical contact, right? So changing the nappy, as you say, in the country you're from, I like that much <laughs> yeah. better than, that's one of my favorite English <laughs> words to be, to be honest. So good, so good. Um, and and after that change, you know, um, another two or three minutes of uh, baby back massage, right? Um, right. If if mom is the primary feeder and has that that uh, biological breastfeeding role, why not the dad be the primary bather, right? Some of the most sort of yeah. skin to skin contact uh, times and fun times and smile on each other's face and splashy around times or you know sort of in the first uh, months and couple of years with a kid right so yeah. um, getting that that physical contact um is super cool yeah and we then actually, you know yeah. go ahead 
I was going to say that we'd actually do it. We've switched a bit now because uh, as Indies, what is he now? He's just over two. We've we've started Daddy and Indy now. At least every other day, we're bathing together before his bedtime, and he <laughs> loves it. He loves it, and I I don't know why I hadn't been doing it before, to be honest. But it's so fun. I mean, it's hard to get him out of the bath anyway. But now I'm in there too. He's got all his toys there. He loves lying on Daddy, and it's just yeah, just fun goofy goofy time and i that skin to skin for me too it just feels really special and why not soak it up before the t- i wouldn't do that with a teenager necessarily so it's why not soak it up now absolutely absolutely it's it's a, it's it's an opportunity and then that cycles back to the communication right it's just like oh i didn't think of that right so this is a dad to dad communication like you're putting out there into the world and dads all over the world are are hearing these ideas and as you've told me before moms are too and they're sharing them with their their uh, um partners um but within the relationship too like oh yeah what are those opportunities for hands-on skin-to-skin contact closeness maybe it's maybe it's more dad being the primary baby bjorn carrier for the infant right to get that you know heart to heart uh or i guess heart to back time um (laughs) you know that that isn't so just biologically pre-programmed like nursing is yeah yeah i agree great oh well thanks so much for that todd as ever welcome great to check in yeah we'll see you soon Great chatting with you and it's uh, really inspiring blue to hear these stories of dads doing cool stuff uh uh across the country and around the globe. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us this week on Dad Without Borders. A full list of episodes can be found at dadwithoutborders.com and for updates, follow on Instagram at dadwithoutborders. You can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Google or radio.com While you're at it, if you enjoyed listening or you know any dads that might find value in this show, please share the podcast with your friends. Dad Without Borders will be back next week with another dad and further insights with Todd Kettner.